Hello. Welcome to a very special final episode of the Fantastic Forecast. Today we forego the usual topic of this podcast, some kind of frivolous comic book subject matter, and focus on a real-life true crime story. The subject, whatever happened to Dave Elliott. For those of you unfamiliar with this podcasting legend, let's start from the very beginning. No one is quite sure when Dave Elliott was born, or where he was born. Many cities and towns across the United States claim to be the birthplace of Dave Elliott, but none of them have been verified. I spoke to Golda Shimolda, an Israeli scholar specializing in podcasting studies with the University of Las Vegas. Today, I wish to speak about the circumstances of which David was born. David's father had already seven sons. One day, he called his wife and told her that he is dismissing her from her duties to him. After he did that, he called the maid and asked her to make herself beautiful that night, that I could meet the maid, who was loyal to his wife, came and told her this story. So at night, when everything was dark, his wife came into his room, did not know that his wife was coming into his room, and he unified with her while thinking he's unifying with the maid. From this night, his wife conceived with a child that after nine months came out as David. David was very different. Nobody really liked him. Oxford University professor Clark W. Winshire Dalesburg offered up his own theory about Dave's parents in a 2014 documentary about the creator of the fantastic forecast called The World's Greatest American. The creator arrived on Earth on January the 8th, 1947. His parents were unmarried. David was the couple's first child together, and each of them already had other children from previous relationships. David's mother was an assertive, no-nonsense woman who worked part-time as a movie theater usherette. David's father once harbored his own show business aspirations. His first wife had been a singer, but his efforts to launch her career had failed. By the time David came along, Hayward Jones had become a public relations man for an orphanage. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, there will be a press conference at Burlington Police Station involving a number of state, county, and local authorities looking into the matter of the allegations on the uh, stories and the scandal of the abuse that occurred at the former orphanage. In another interview with a woman claiming to be David's Aunt Mary, she offers a little insight into Dave's troubled childhood. And as a child, he always wanted to be the center of attention. When the family was over for the holidays, he would gather us in the living room so he could perform for us. Watching him made us sad. What we do know is that several times Mr. Elliot claimed to be a resident of North Carolina, and it is believed that he was born there. Some say he's a resident of a city, 
Others claim to see him living in the mountains, living like an animal, foraging for food like an animal, making love with local women and men like an animal. Here's an interview from 1975 with a local mountain person as he reacts to a sighting of what some believe to be a young Dave Elliott. So we're taping you now. Tell us what you saw. So what did it look like? Can you tell us a little bit more? Well, he was black. He was all bent over. He had big... His feet was real big. Did it scare you? Yeah. Yeah. How tall would you say he was? He was real tall. He had big hands. Was he... What would the fur look like? Oh, it was... It was just like, oh, his forehead was real, real black, and it was shaggy. Was so it was long? Long, yeah. Could you see the face at all? Yeah. What did that look like? Well, look, he looked, I don't, all I know that he looked tall. Was the face look hairy, too? Yeah. Okay. And how fast was it moving? Did it, did it see you? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, once again, this is another daytime sighting, middle of the day. That's right. Right now it's approximately 1 o'clock, so yeah. a little, little past. So this is a midday sighting, another sighting in Littleton, and this is the fourth sighting in that same stretch of area. Did you believe before this? Well, yeah, yeah. Another unknown mystery is Mr. Elliot's age. Based on his references to comics that he read as a child, we believe that Mr. Elliot is a member of the Generation X generation, but no one can confirm if such a generation exists. But if that is true, he may just be outside playing with no access to his cell phone and he'll be back at dinner time. But no one really knows how old he is. Here is a clip from a recent Howard Stern show regarding the topic. How old is he? He won't admit that he's 50 and I think he was 54 years ago. He's probably about 54 years old, your guess. So how is he hiding his age? What we do know is that Mr. Elliot has a lifetime of reading comic books, and clearly they have warped his brain, just like his mom said they would. When asked about Dave Elliot, television personality Bill Maher had this to say. To express my dismay at people who think comic books are literature and superhero movies are great cinema, and who in general are stuck in an everlasting childhood. Bragging that you're all about the Marvel Universe is like boasting that your mother still pins your mittens to your sleeves. <laughs> you can, if you want, like the exact same things you liked when you were 10. But if you do, you need to grow up. I'm sad you're alive. One of the last people to see Mr. Elliot alive was a longtime friend and sometimes co-host of the podcast, Elroy Burkdell. I visited him in his home at 5716 Burkdale Avenue in Burkdale, Arkansas. Here's what he had to say about his last conversation with Mr. Elliot. Hey, is this thing recording? Is this going to be on TikTok? Well, anyway, let me tell you something about Dave Elliott. He came here a few weeks ago on a Greyhound bus. Like, who the hell is taking a Greyhound bus during a deadly pandemic of the Chinese flu? Which is a hoax, by the way. 
He showed up at my doorstep one day, knocking on my trailer, going on and on about some comic book he'd read. Oh, he was always talking about these stupid comic books, usually the Fantastic Four, or this thing called Moon Knight, whatever that is. Sounds stupid to me. Why would someone be dressed up like a knight on the moon? Ain't no crime on the moon. Steve always got this stick up his asshole about how Moon Knight won't ever in the Fantastic Four comic book, which is damn peculiar. You'd think all the times they go to the moon, they'd run into him at least once. So Dave comes in a few weeks ago, and he's going on and on about this comic book called, uh, The Last Fantastic Four Story. Something like October 2007. It was written by Stan Lee, had art by John Romita Jr. He told me that it started with some bird falling out of a tree, for no reason. And then, in the Adriatic Mountains, some secret military arsenal underground got attacked by a heavily armed terrorist. So this got my attention. Did you know that terrorists kill more Americans every year than COVID-19 killed in 2020? True fact. So anyways, Dave tells me how Reed and Sue Richards are in that weapons base protecting the area from terrorists. As they should. And then the Human Torch comes in and burns all the terrorist guns. And the thing is there. And he's like, it's clobbering time. So they clean things up, get in their fantastic car and fly back to New York City. And Ben and Johnny are bothered by something. And Reed asks them what? And they start complaining about not making enough money. Like, really? And this pisses Dave Elliott off so much. Oh, you know, because these people are pigs of a capitalist system protecting the military-industrial complex, and they ain't getting shit. Meanwhile, liberal Reed is giving all their money to charity. And, like, did Stan Lee really write this? Sue goes to check their messages... And they get all these bad messages from about birds dying, desert oasises going dry. It's global warming, which, yeah, is pretty much the stuff of comic book stories. Not real, am I right? It's just a hoax like COVID-19. Biden winning the election, and the cute chick from Juno actually being a man. The Watcher shows up behind Reed, and he's like, Don't be alarmed. If some giant bald man appears in my room out of nowhere, you better bet I'll be alarmed. So Dave told me that the Watcher told Reed that some kind of terrible disaster is at hand. Well, yeah, the book came out in 2007. Of course there's a big disaster at hand, Barack Hussein Obama. So there's a scene with a, a cosmic tribunal that assembles, and they decide to end the human race. And then Reed detects some kind of comet thing headed toward Earth, and it hits with a blinding flash of light. And the final hours of the human race have begun. And then what? I told Dave that I was bored and he better shut up and leave. I got better things to do than to listen to Dave Elliott talk about some musty old comic book that no one gives two shits about. Besides, them Ethan Van Skyver videos ain't gonna watch themselves. Needless to say, he called an Uber and drove away. And I never saw or heard from him ever again. Good riddance, I say. On November 10th, 2010, a new phase in Dave Elliott's life began. He started a small, unassuming podcast called The Fantastic Forecast. No one is sure why he started the podcast. Was it for artistic reasons? Or did he do it for the money? Did he really love the Fantastic Four comic book so much, he just had to do a podcast on every single issue? That seems unlikely. 
He probably did it for the money. When asked about Dave Elliott's thirst for money and power, financial expert Thomas Oliver McThomas had this to say. Greed is an intense and selfish desire to have more. And whether it's at home or at work or on a team or in your own life, greed will destroy you. See, the greedy person at the end of the day is a dissatisfied person because by definition, greed is this intense and selfish desire to get more. You'll never be satisfied. He was on top of the world. It seems the sky was the limit. He purchased a new mansion filled with maids and servants to fulfill his every need. I traveled to his now empty mansion and found his former head butler still living in the guest house. His name is Jarvis Alfredson Pennypacker III. He hails from Great Britain, England, to be precise, but you can tell that based on his flawless English accent. You want to know what happened the last time I saw Master Elliot two weeks ago? He came by the mansion looking for his copies of the Moon Knight Epic Collection Volumes 1, 2, and 3, muttering something about selling them on eBay and becoming rich. I don't know what any of that means, and frankly, I don't want to know. So Master Elliot tells me about how this big, tall creature, towering over Manhattan, landed on Earth, calling himself the Adjudicator, saying that he has come from the Cosmic Tribunal. Sounds like a dreadful man. And the same dude is appearing all over Earth at the same time. Paris, Moscow, Los Angeles, the Himalayas... All the best spots. He's going on and on about how the world doesn't have much time left. People are freaking out, as you can very well imagine. He says there was even one panel where people watching on TV thought this was American propaganda. Fake news. Meanwhile, a bunch of the Marvel superhero characters sat around trying to come up with a plan to deal with this menace. But the first to attack was this one guy, the Submariner, a man in a green speedo and an army of men from Atlantis. I said to Master Elliot that this sounds like a rather dreadful tale. Why is he telling me this? He said that his podcast had been cancelled, but he had to tell somebody. He went on to tell me how this Mr. Fantastic character met up with Namer and pointed out this big red alien guy standing over the city, as if Nemo could not see him himself. How could you miss him? So Nemo joined up with the Fantastic Four and they attacked the creature, but they got their asses kicked. The SWAT team arrived, as though they would do much better. Reed takes out a large communicator and calls for help. Next we see the, sur the Silver Surfer in space, and he gets a call from Mr. Fantastic, so he rushes back to Earth, and in New York City, there is chaos as people are panicking in the street. Military jets get knocked out of the sky by the big alien creature. The Silver Surfer arrives and he recognizes the Adjudicator, and the Surfer says that once the Cosmic Tribunal announces their decision, the decision is final. At this point, Master Elliot noticed a police car drive by the house, and he panicked and he ran out the back door. The police car kept driving, and he did not stop. I looked out back, and Master Elliot was gone. 
Not long after the debut of the Fantastic Four cast in 2010, success quickly went to his head. He started staying out late, hanging out with the wrong kind of people, junkies and gold diggers, people wanting to use Mr. Elliot for his money, and loose women and the loose men. Mr. Elliot didn't care. If there was a hole, he... But I digress. Here is a clip from a CBS News special about Dave Elliott's addictions. Now, all joking aside, is this a tough sell for some people? Because I think there, there's still a, a portion of the audience that sees something like this and says, this is a cop out. He probably got caught doing something yeah. or there, there's something more to this. This isn't a real addiction. Well, many psychologists say that it's not a real addiction, that perhaps these are people who have depression or who may have a narcissistic personality or who are trying to take care of themselves and are using this as an excuse. But then we also have so many clinicians who say, Chris, you know what? This person has destroyed their lives because of their sexual behaviors and therefore this is a real problem. They fell into a spiral of addiction. Addiction to sex. Addiction to comic books. Addiction to expensive cheeses. He stopped talking to his family and to his friends. Well, maybe he never had any friends. He started going to church. He was heavily recruited by the Scientologist. Going through two months of heavy audits in January and teen. Soon, the only thing he cared about was comic books, having sex, and eating expensive cheese. And watching Battlefield Earth over and over again. Here is an old childhood friend of Dave's talking about how he has changed over the years. I, I must say this, and I say it on every program. As a child, we had a wonderful time together. We had a great time together. He had a great sense of humor. He was a tough little kid. He was smart. He turned from Dr. Jekyll into Mr. Hyde. And as far as I'm concerned, he went from Dr. Jekyll into Mr. Hyde with the acquisition of power. Do you follow me? There was, yeah. a, there was an English philosopher. Well, he wasn't a philosopher. He was a member of parliament. He lived in the 1800s. His name was Lord Acton. He is the one who said, and this is an exact quote, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely, which I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's what happened to David. In 2016, his family performed an intervention, breaking through to Dave Elliott to a point. He started to deal with one of his main addictions and attended a rehab in Wisconsin. It was a very difficult time for him as he reevaluated his life and his place in the world. A close friend of Dave's had this to say. And while it's been a privilege to offer support, I have to say, frankly, it's also been beyond my abilities and it's bigger than me. Another fellow podcaster had this to say about Dave Elliott. Part of the problem was he was very disappointed in himself. Yeah. You know, it was booze, too. He would just go off the rails and try to keep it together. You know, it's like there's a lot of people out there that they have a dream. And then the pressure of trying to reach that dream and the pressure of trying to reach that dream and see it to fruition is just mm. seems, it seems unreachable. Yeah. It seems too far off. One of the last people to see Dave Elliott alive is his grandfather. I traveled to Boca Raton, Florida to pay him a visit. This is what he had to say. So this guy shows up at my door and claims to be my grandson. I guess he kind of looks familiar. 
looks a bit like his grandmother. Both of them very, very ugly. He was going on and on about some stupid funny book. What did he say it was? Uh, the last Fantastic Four story? Uh, sounds like shit to me. I hate when he talks about stuff I don't like. Every conversation should be about one of three things. What's for dinner? Golf. And non-binary people. Like, what's the deal with non-binary people? So David told me how the earth is in danger, uh, how the adjudicator said it was going to be destroyed, and then uh, Dr. Doom. Uh, what kind of name is Dr. Doom? Is he even a real doctor? He shows up and he tries to fire uh, missiles and shit at this adjudicator guy who does not budge. And in a blink of an eye, he makes Dr. Doom and all his ships and weapons uh, disappear. I wish I had that power over my wife. We've been together for 70 years. Won't she die already? So the Fantastic Four try attacking the Adjudicator, and none of their shit works either. And then a bunch of other heroes show up. There's like a Thor, Iron Man, uh, Doctor Strange, Professor X, Captain America, The Vision. Uh, Dave seemed really upset that some character called Moon Knight didn't show up. Not sure why. Uh, despite all of them attacking at the same time, nothing happened. Doctor Strange concluded that mankind is doomed. I think if he tried to use a word like mankind in 2021, he'd get canceled. Next, uh, the Inhumans showed up, and this one guy, Black Bolt, tried yelling at the Adjudicator. I guess he's a lot like me. He's got very powerful yelling. Black Bolt is like, uh, get off my lawn but the land all around the adjudicator is destroyed but adjudicator is still standing there ben Grimm is like enough of this shit i'm going home to spend my last days with alicia and reed is like oh hell i'm a failure big time a nearby mob is screaming at the fantastic four like Hey, you big failures, y'all suck. Spider-Man has to erect a wall of webs to keep them back. So Reed has called for help, and this big purple guy arrives. I was thinking Barney the Dinosaur, but Dave was like, No, no, dumbass, it's Galactus. Like, I know who that is, I don't think so. He's intrigued by something that Reed is offering. Meanwhile, uh, the Silver Surfer rushes home to be with his girlfriend, uh, Shala Ball. Dave was confused by this. He was like, she's dead, right? She's alive. She's dead. She's alive. What's the deal with Shala Ball? At this point, it was time for a nap, and I wanted Dave to get lost. 
So I told him I had COVID-19. I coughed a few times and he ran away like a bitch. I never saw him again. I hope I never do. For a time after exiting rehab, Dave Elliott seemed rejuvenated, filled with energy, tackling his podcast with even greater enthusiasm than ever before. But then, the bottom fell out. The comic book The Fantastic Four was cancelled in 2015, and by the time Dave Elliott reached the most current issue in 2017, the book had still not returned. He was a podcaster without a subject to podcast on. He considered doing issues of Marvel 2-in-1, but he could not bring himself to do it. He tried a podcast called Comic Book Menace, where he came up with a novel concept of rhyming everything. This was an experiment that fell flat with audiences. Try as he might, he could not recapture the magic of the fantastic forecast. He entered a period of deep depression and trouble with the law. His rehab is stemming from several drug and weapons arrests, but a judge sent him back. A year later, he skipped a court-ordered drug test and was sent back to rehab. But this time, hard time. State prison for nearly one year. Okay, I believe that concludes proceedings. For past several years, he's just going through the revolving door of rehab program and being arrested, which is too sad, such a bright person. And he's not a criminal. He's a victim of... All of the comic books. He plugged away on the Comic Book Menace podcast, but hating himself the entire time. His self-worth was shattered, he was alone, and began to think he had nothing to live for. The money dried up, so did the fame. He started eating cheese again. Lots and lots of cheese. He didn't even realize how much cheese he was eating. But does he have any idea how much of his favorite dairy product he eats in a year? Come on in and join me here. I want you to have a look at this. Holy shit, that's a lot of cheese. About 100 grams a day you get through, Gary. 700 grams a week. 3 kilos a month. Mm. 36 kilos of cheese a year. He would speed around town at 100 miles per hour. He would sometimes fall asleep on the train tracks with the expectation he would never wake up. He would go to the Golden Corral Buffet and try a little bit of everything. He had a death wish. During this phase of his life, David became involved in doing some extra work for a group of Russian bankers. I recently spoke to Vladimir Fantastikov, one of David's former employers. He last visited Vladimir two weeks ago, before he disappeared forever. Yes, I am Vladimir Fantastikov. Yes, that is my real name. How could it not be? I am not a Russian gangster, by the way. I am a legitimate businessman. So my boy David came to see me and had some concerns, mostly about some money that he owed. But he seemed particularly bothered by this comic book. What was it? It was uh, the last Fantastic Four story. Uh, something about how the Earth was about to be destroyed by a big giant alien, the Adjudicator. I do not know what that is about. Guess offered him a glass of vodka? 
He refused, which is very unusual. So he said the adjudicator grew to enormous size, even bigger than Galactus, and then it disappeared. The Watcher showed up and explained that they have won. Earth has been saved. Galactus had sent the Silver Surfer to kill the Cosmic Tribunal, who are the ones who were planning to destroy the Earth. You would think this is good news, but Reed Richards, much to David's frustration, was worried about the lives of the Cosmic Tribunal. He asked Galactus to take them there. So Galactus takes them on a trip through space to the Tribunal world, where the people are being slaughtered. Uh, Galactus and the Fantastic Four stop the killing, and Reed is like, uh, The Tribunal is saved! Literally minutes ago, the planet Earth was on the verge of destruction, and this idiot Reed Richards is showing concern for the genocidal maniacs responsible. What a dick! And the Cosmic Tribunal is like, hey, uh, thanks for saving us. Uh, we did not know we were killing such compassionate people. Wouldn't it be funny if they were like, okay, we're going, we're going to go back to destroying the Earth now. So the issue comes to an end with the Fantastic Four at the UN building about to get an award for saving the entire planet, which they actually did not do. They literally saved the people who were trying to destroy Earth. Why did they get an award for that? No one gives me an award when I don't kill enemies of Russia. The issue ends with the Fantastic Four looking at old photos of an awards and turning off the lights in the Baxter building and getting in their ship and flying to the moon. Who cares? This, that was the end. I mean, what the hell was that story all about? David was very concerned. Why, why was it called, why is the story called the last Fantastic Four story anyway? It does not take place in the future. It takes place in the days before Valeria because it was Stan Lee's last Fantastic Four story. Or as Dave realized in 2007, they published comic book knowing full well that three years later a new podcast would start covering the Fantastic Four. And ten years after that, the final episode of that podcast would have Dave reading the last Fantastic Four story and ending in great frustration. He was very distraught. He could not believe thing ended like this. He took me up on my offer for vodka, and they got very, very drunk. He ate some cheese and took a nap on the nearby train track. That was the last I ever saw of Dave Elliott. He still owes me five million dollars, by the way. However, the sadness for Dave Elliott did not last long. In 2018, the Fantastic Four returned. At first, he resisted going back and doing the Fantastic Forecast again, but the allure of fame and money were too great. In 2019, he made his return to the Fantastic Four. It was both a critical and commercial triumph. Provided a melting pot of ideas and creativity. Uh, unfettered, depending on where you live, clearly a platform for the exchange of high-end concepts, stories, philosophies, culture, information jokes, outright bullshit and contrived puns. Of course, with all those subscribers, you can bet he's making some serious cash. From ad revenue to sponsorship, it seems like everyone's throwing their money at David. But where is all that money going? Maybe he's making so much money because he's using sponsorships to get free food. That would be a smart move for sure. In case you haven't noticed, David has a lot of money. In 2020, he made the decision to expand the length of each episode 
by adding an extra feature to the show, the Fantastic Wheel of Doom, one of the greatest disasters of the year 2020, for sure. However, the fans loved this new addition to the podcast at first. As a lark, he put the last Fantastic Four story on the wheel, saying that if the wheel landed on that, then it would be the last episode of the Fantastic Forecast. But it was intended as a joke. He had given himself one veto a year for each wheel spin that he didn't like. And on the 10th anniversary episode, the wheel landed on the last Fantastic Four story. But he promptly used his veto and spun the wheel again. He released this episode with the veto used, and the podcast was to continue. But that night, tossing and turning in bed, something was not right with Dave Elliott. For unknown reasons, he got up and he re-edited the episode, removing the moment where he used the veto. The last Fantastic Four story was back on, and thus the impending end of the Fantastic Forecast. But first... In mid-December, he recorded his annual Christmas special. He read the last Fantastic Four story, made several visits to four important people in his life, and then he disappeared. In the corpus of the United States folklore, the story of David stands the tallest, the tallest and most persistent. Every American has heard some variety or mutation of the story, even if they do not know it. The basic premise is this. A man vanishes into thin air. Literally into thin air. Despite several people watching, the subject simply ceases to exist. He is declared dead, and the conundrum never solved. The world was shocked. Condolences and remembrances came in from the rich and powerful and famous all over the world. This is absolutely uh, shocking and, and, and horrifying and so upsetting on every level. As funny as, as he was, he's truly one of the all-time greats. Uh, he was even better as a person. He was even more fantastic. Well, it's too soon. Uh, he's out of here way too soon. He, he's up. He was a benchmark in his field. And no one can ever kind of reach that again. And so the mystery remains. What was it about the last Fantastic Four story that triggered Dave Elliott? What made him so sad and despondent? And why did he disappear? After a month since he disappeared, it has been apparent that Dave Elliott is gone forever. A shining star that burned bright for ten years, but burnt out instead of fading away. A podcasting folk hero whose hundreds of podcasting episodes will live on forever to be enjoyed by future generations of fans. Unless, of course, somebody doesn't pay the Podbean bill next November. Many years from now, fans will be wondering, whatever happened to Dave Elliott? Is he still alive? Did he buy a private island somewhere? Has he been sold into sex slavery in Thailand? The answers to some mysteries are to remain unknown forever. One thing we can be certain of we will never hear his beautiful voice. He will never make us laugh, make us smile, or make us cry 
ever again. He is gone forever, never to return. We will never see Dave Elliott again. I will stake my professional reputation on that. We will never see him ever again. Hey, what's up? I'm here. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 